I have some suggestions on how to dissolve eons of dogma from your consciousness. I have ideas about how you can elevate the quality of your thoughts and thereby elevate the vitality of your life. I'm Danielle Laporte, and this is With Love, Danielle. Hello, my loves. We are going to journey to the center of your heart today. What is spirituality? I have some ideas about that. Is your heart open? Yes. And what does it mean really to have an open mind? What are the effects of having an open mind? Let's just do a little behind the scenes check before we journey to the center of your heart. I am in my sauna right now. Have I told you? I actually record my podcast in my sauna. It is off, but I've been hearing a lot of feedback about people wondering like, hey, is that a soundtrack in the background of your podcast? I hear these birds all the time. (laughs) It's like, it's not a soundtrack. That is me living in the sky in an apartment with the crows and the seagulls and the herons. And then Dee Bailey, who's been working with me, she's my wing woman for almost seven years, sent me an image of these podcast booths that all these baller podcasters are getting now. And I'm just like, hey, that looks like this little sauna that I have. And uh, I was just like, I don't need that booth. I have nowhere to put that booth. I have a booth. So heat is off. Here we go. I always have a little bit of dairy-free milk chocolate. My favorite right now is Lily's. It's sweetened with stevia. So I have a couple little squares of that before I podcast. I've got my water and my heart is open. Actually, my heart is always open, which is what we're about to get into. But before we do that, I am learning to be a little more professional with my podcast situation. And I should let you know that you can find me on Instagram 24-7 with encouragement and hopefully some clarity. I am at Danielle Laporte. new book, which I am really so jazzed to say is melting some hearts and creating some conversations around forgiveness. That's really the dream of it. I want to get all these DMs and infinite amounts of emails of people telling me they are speaking more gently to themselves and others. They are reaching out to forgive their mom, or to ask for forgiveness from their ex, whatever it is, just aiming for a universal softening and the light of soul coming into all sentient beings. That's all. The book is called How to Be Loving. It's everywhere. And I've also created a deck and a really like deep and actually useful journal as companions to the book. I should also tell you, since like we're in this mode, that when you leave lovely reviews wherever you are listening to this podcast, it helps raise the consciousness of not only the planet, but of the algorithms that help material like this get out to people who want to be more gentle. Yeah, so do your thing if you would. All right, here we go. Let's talk about thinking with love. I have some fabulous news for you. Your heart is open. Your heart is open. Your heart is actually open 
right now. Actually, all the time, your heart is open. You incarnate with an open heart. You can't ever close your heart, no matter what happens. Your heart is eternally, vastly open. We only think, think being the operative word here, that we can open or close our hearts. What happens is the mind creates all these thoughts that become these veils, these barriers, these blockades to the truth that we are love itself, that we are vast. Vast is a really important term and concept for the conversation around our open-heartedness. I want to read you the most beautiful little passage from the Radiant Sutras. The Radiant Sutras is the book, I'm thinking, I'm checking my mind as I'm saying that. Yep, it is. It is the book that I have bought the most as a gift for other people. It's beautiful Sanskrit teachings translated by Lauren Roche. Lauren is L-O-R-I-N, Roche is R-O-C-H-E. And I extra love Lauren, not just because of their depth and skill with this material, but because Lauren was a cool cat. And when I had to email Lauren to ask for permission to use this quote in my How to Be Loving book, Lauren was like a full-on yes, of course, honored, which is in contrast to what happens when you reach out to a lot of authors who put you in touch with their publishers, and the publisher gets back to you and says, hey, we'd like $2,000 so that you can use those six lines in your book. And I'm just like, what? That is not artistic love and support. That is not how to be loving. In the literary spiritual development community, if you want my stuff and we're on track, you can have my stuff. Anyway, thank you, Lauren. The Radiant Sutras. Meditate on the self, capital self. Meditate on the self as being vast as the sky. A body of energy extending forever in all directions, above, below, all around. In the embrace of the infinite space, awaken to your true form, divine creative energy revealing herself as you. Mm. You are that. Your true nature is that vastness. But what happens? The mind manufactures thoughts that coat, that veil our awareness of our lovingness, of our truth could see it this way. You are you, the real you, vast as the sky. And all of the thoughts from the mind, emotions, feelings, they're like clouds just floating through the sky. So some happiness billows on by, and then there's a wispy cloud of just maybe some concern. There's this heavy rain cloud of worry. And there are other things in your sky. There are ideas like star formations. There is innovation. There are connection. There are clustering clouds of connections and emotions and thoughts. There's pure inspiration, inspiratice, the waves, the wind going through the sky naturally. This is important. Naturally, these things come and go. And all the while, there's the sky. The sky is just accommodating 
absolutely everything. It's making space. It's not even making space for things. It is the space where all things happen. Absolutely everything happens in this vastness. There is multitasking in the form of galaxies. The sky is just being. And its beingness is a kind of allowingness. And it is ever-expanding. So the sky doesn't ever constrict, right? It can only be the sky discovering more of its skyness. And the same is true for you. The same is true for your heart. This is your loving nature. It's always present. It's always expanding into more of its trueness. You are always expanding into more of your you-ness, your higher you-ness, right? Higher self. So there's no amount of thinking. There's no philosophy. There's no dogma. There's no scripture. There's no methodology that can ever alter or shift your true loving nature. There's no cloud that can ever change the shape of the sky. There's no weather pattern that can swallow the sky. So there's no emotional pattern that can affect who you really are. There's no emotionality. There's no challenge that is going to mar or constrict your divinity. You bigger than it all. You true you. You're bigger than it all. There's just, you know, thought formations that you create, by the way, that are passing through your skyness, through your limitless, luminous, spacious heart. So if our hearts never actually close, then how do we explain all the tension in our relationships? How do we explain war? How do we explain human conflict for eons repeating itself. Same old story of division and attempted assaults on the truth. We don't actually close our hearts to each other. We don't actually close our hearts to ourselves or to the events that happen in our life. We just shut down our minds. So again, to go with this metaphor of the sky, it's like the shutting down of the mind is just like closing blackout curtains on the sun. We put ourselves in these little structures of relationships, of belief systems, of, of dogma, of concepts. We create these little portals <laughs> to truth called windows, and still we block out the truth from within the structures. We just close the curtains to our loving awareness. I think that spirituality is really just the practice of open-mindedness. Spirituality as a verb is about intentionally not putting up blocks to life. I mean, of course, we want to be constructive and constructively destructive and remove the blocks to love and awareness and compassion. But I think if we just started on the premise of, like, we're going to do no blocking, we would be so much further ahead. I'm just going to try and stay awake as I possibly can, as loving as I can possibly be in this moment, 
and not cram this dialogue full of opinions and reasons why you're wrong and I'm right. And we could just like start from there. We just keep our minds open. And when we keep the mind open and soft and feel this quality of like the mind is a little more quiet, it's in the background, it's not charging forward with opinions and paradigms, then you'll actually start to feel this incredible heart energy there. It's like you keep the clouds from coming in and you realize you are that clear blue sky. And that heart energy, for me, it's this experience of this pulsing. It's, uh, it's not like a buzz. It's, it's like a heartbeat because it is yin and it's yang. <laughs> it can hold the past and it can hold the future. It's just this babit, babit. And it is eternally patient <laughs> and it is endlessly vibrant that's the reward for thinking less yeah and then here's what i think about thinking i think that the intention the spiritual quote-unquote spiritual goal is to actually think less it's to move into a place of beingness so I see enlightenment being like this fan. The mind fans out so wide that the edges of the mind just dissolve. We move into this unbounded awareness of lovingness. So we go from thinking eventually into pure being. And I don't think it's sequential. You know, it's like we've all had moments or we will have them of just flow prana thoughts aren't cluttering us there's no clouds of judgment there's no rainfall of a to-do list we just have those intermittent moments of clear blue sky beingness we're in our vastness and we can all have that now it's not about how long you have sat on the meditation cushion it is not about how many lives you have lived the timing of it is mysterious. There's not uh, an effable formula to how to be. Because if you concentrate on not thinking, you're going to be thinking. You put your mind on being mindless, you're still creating mind chatter. What's useful is to try and get your mind to relax. Give it something to do. It's like giving a toy to a, a toddler. Here. Do this so we can get these other things done. That's why we give our mind mantras. That's why we give our mind the pulse of nature. That's why when we move into rhythmic, contemplative, repetitive things of doing, it helps us sink into our beingness. Yes, into our beingness. It helps us move beyond how we see ourselves. So in that vastness of the heart, there's not a lot of identity trips happening, you know? There aren't these walls of, I'm this, and this is what I need to be called, and this is how I identify in terms of family of origin, or whatever it is. Those are all social constructs that the mind grabs onto and runs with, 
and they get in the way of unity consciousness. They get really ultimately in the way of our ultimate freedom. All those labels are useful. You know, you need a persona, personality to navigate through the world and get stuff done in this dimension. But they're not the end game, that's for sure. The heart doesn't use personality hang-ups or political opinions to get into arguments with the truth or to pursue what it is worthy of. Right? The heart has space for everything. And all those all those stories and those roles and the tasks, they're clouds too. And they melt away when we begin to identify as our whole selves, as the sky that can make room for everything. I think it's the wisdom of the heart that is just going to blow personality constructs to dust. <laughs> and when that happens, you start to feel aligned or you can start to feel that taste of truth. Like there is a capital T truth that underpins everything in the universe that exists. And I can just smell it on a good day after the rain of all my confusion and all my clouds of what I deserve and who's right and who should have made what choices for their body. After all that chaos settles down, you realize, huh, there's something bigger here. And it's actually a miracle that we have all showed up here at the same time. Isn't it incredible? All the things that had to happen for you and me and all of us and Kelly W., who's the producer of this podcast and the people who made this technology, we all got to show up as little miracles incarnated. And now we're here in this moment together. It's like infinite miracles colliding just right now. Now, 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 the now. It's amazing when you can drop in even just for a microsecond into that nowness. Then you really hit the wowness. I just made that up of our vastness. It's like you feel teeny tiny the speck. And it becomes spectacular. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the thinking mind. So how to wake up? How to use your thoughts to wake up? What happens when you wake up? Do your thoughts help you awaken or do they keep you asleep? The answer is both. Depends on the thoughts that you choose. And you get to choose. The trick is... The answer, possibly, if you so choose to believe it, is that when we're curious about love, just be curious about love, and when we're committed to loving, then we will think very differently. You can just make a declaration right now. I am here to be love. And then the bonus is that you get to be loved. Yeah. So rather than all of our thoughts acting like, blockades, we're going to start thinking more inclusively. We're going to have thoughts that are actually unifying. We're going to have friendly thoughts. Our thoughts will make friends with our other thoughts, and our thoughts will help us make friends with other people. Our thoughts can help us make friends with our current reality. So we don't have to go looking for uh, higher, more enlightened, evolved thoughts outside of ourselves from some authority. We just have to be still more often. 
It's so easy. It's so economical. It's so doable. We just have to be still often enough, and we will realize, we will feel that we are part of something infinitely creative. And that awareness of our connection to something infinitely awesome and creative and eternal, it's going to happen in increments. I mean, some of you may have this kind of lightning strike, near-death experience, enlightenment flash, in which case, please DM me and tell me how it goes. Uh, but I think for most of us, it's, it's nanoparticle awareness kind of stuff. I mean, think about how many thoughts you have in a day. Micro, nano, unconscious, subconscious, conscious, superconscious, right? That's why spirituality is the practice of thinking with love. What would love think? What would love think of this? How would love see it? What would love have to say to you? What would love want to plug into your psyche? It's training. And we can do it. We can effectively train ourselves to keep returning to love with our thoughts. So first, you have to want to love. And then you have to refer to your heart's mind. Always go back and ask your heart. That softness, that gentleness, that warm, friendly quality that you can feel within your chest. That is the realest thing about you, by the way. It's not a fantasy. It's not a new age storyline. It's not out of reach. That golden, warm quality in the center of your chest that's been veiled by mystery and dogma is the real you, you with a capital U. It is the higher self. So you get in touch with that warmth, that goldenness, and then you're going to recruit the mind to work on behalf of the heart. So it's love first, and then it's the intellect. And this is what it means to have our priorities straight. So first, you let the love flow, which would typically be called more of a feminine, divinely feminine way of being. And then you direct that love with your intelligence. That would typically be considered more of a masculine, divine masculine action. The flow of love, what love knows needs to be done, then gets applied, strategized, executed by the mind. First the love flow, and then you hand it over to the head. And that is divine order. And that is how we finally get to relax. It doesn't matter about our status. It doesn't matter the degrees, the followers, all the pretty fancy, cool things we own. It doesn't matter how much we've accomplished. I think what every single one of us yearns for is to rest. And the soul knows that we can only ever rest in love. We want to relax. And we know that we can only relax in the heart. And by the heart, I mean the great heart, the heart that holds all of us. I think every one of us wants to feel creation itself carrying us. Does that kind of make you want to exhale or cry? <laughs> 
or take a nap right now. I think love is the only resting place because love is the truth. Love is home. You can't exhale and take off all the masks and your shoes at the end of the day until you get home. And the home base is love. And when we get there, not only do we feel at ease, we feel the sense of freedom. And the freedom comes from joining. It's the liberation we feel when we're in union. It's the liberty of being connected. It's the rightness, you know, of being together, of belonging together. It's the comfort of belonging to each other. It's the comfort that comes with real intimacy. And this is why creating lives where we're just looking out for number one and trying to check things off of our, you know, really self-focused bucket lists is total bullshit. I have been in that place myself where I thought I was really smart with my strategies for status and self-preservation. But, you know, really it's just running from the love that we crave. Looking out for number one is a really high form of foolishness because unconditional love is what we want the most. And it only happens in relationship, relationship to our higher self and relationship to each other. So what do you need to know? That your true nature is vast. The heart is limitless love. The emotions, the feelings, the challenges, those are all clouds passing through. You can handle it. Whatever goes through the sky of your life You are big enough to accommodate it. We can better accommodate and heal all of the weather patterns passing through our lives by getting into alignment with our soul, with the heart. So you see the soul as the solar power, the sun in the sky of your life, of your beingness. So your heart is vast, your existence unlimited. And then you've got this wisdom of your soul, your true self that is connected to the universal mind and all other souls. And it's always there, shining down on you to pour that higher frequency of virtue, of soul quality into your life. Divine love, compassion, forgiving, wisdom, loving kindness. It's that sweet friendliness, resilience, radiance. So you're this guy. You've got the solar power. How do you get into alignment with that solar power so the clouds of emotion and challenge can dissipate? You do the things you know you need to do, the metaphysical things, the ancient and scientifically proven things, the mindful breathing, the visualization, the meditation, acts of kindness. You do love, you speak love, you reach love, you eat love, you say love, you give love, and the clouds start to dissipate. You are raising your frequency with every act of love, with every loving thought. You open yourself more to the rays of that golden light of soul shine pouring into your life. 
You forgive yourself. You become a broader, more open channel to that golden light. You forgive somebody else. You're a little wider, more light, more grace pouring in. You get good sleep. You love yourself enough to just get seven hours of sleep. You eat healthy things. You move joyfully. More light pours in, more ease, more insight. You can start to guess what's around the corner. You have better conversations. This momentum of abundance starts to form in your life. Abundance of intimacy, abundance of laughter, abundance of prosperity, and abundance of ease. Doors open, you lose less things, you rest in love. We choose loving thoughts. We let those loving thoughts inform our loving actions. We become more robust vessels for the soul. That's how powerful you are. That is how very, very powerful you and your loving self are. So imagine what your life and the world is going to look like when you love it all. You love it all, love it all, love it all, love it all. Speaking of loving it all, if you want a little poster to remind you to love it all, I've got these love notes on my site now, daniellelaporte.com slash love notes. You can download a little love it all love note, of course, lovingly. All right, so when you're in a pickle, when you're in the conflict, when you're feeling that bind in a relationship, when you're suffering any kind of emotional or physical agony, what are you going to think? You're going to think to yourself, I'm the sky. And it might sound a little abstract and poetic, but it's going to soften the mind up to consider that you are magnificent and huge, that your capacity is way bigger than this actual problem that's in your atmosphere. It's super practical and it's super out there. And I can tell you from experience, it works. When I'm walking around the seawall almost every day in my neighborhood, I've got this ocean that's a bit bound in by the cityscape. And I look to the sky and I can be, I can be in complaint. I can be feeling whelmed. I can be feeling cranky about about a little something or a big someone. And I look at the sky and I let myself entertain the thought that I am that vast. And then the big someone or the big problem or the little finicky whatever, sometimes it starts to dissolve. Even if it's still like a bee in my bonnet, as my grandmother would say, I just think, ah, I am so capable of letting this not be a big deal because being vast as the sky (laughs) is as big a deal as there is. So simple little practice. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself as spacious as the atmosphere or actually get your body outside and look up and tune into who you really are. It works. All right, let's wind down with some poetics here. When you get still and you take the time to consider how beautiful life truly is, you will have more compassion and more acceptance for the ugliness and the chaos. Your stillness will increase your capacity for holding the dichotomies of your life. Your stillness 
will increase your capacity for holding the dichotomies of your life. And then it will become so much more apparent that we are all participating in an ongoing miracle. Looking within is how we awaken to the true reality because it has never, ever been outside of us. It is only the loving gaze. It takes some spiritual practice. But if you become still more often and you look inward, you will see that your heart is as open as the sky. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.